Blog Talk Radio. Quiet, please. Welcome to Rex Sykes Movie Beat, conversations with filmmakers where we discuss everything film and television. Here on Movie Beat, you'll learn what to do and what not to do when it comes to making movies and TV. We will talk to everyone behind the scenes and in front of the camera, and I will provide you with guests and information you're going to want to have, whether you're a filmmaker or a fan. So now, let's move behind the scenes here at Movie Beat. First, to all of my listeners, if this is the first time you're listening in live, be sure that you visit the official website, rexsikes.com. That's my name, rexsikes.com. There's lots of information there. There's hot news, hot and fun blogs, a cast and crew listings, uh, save incentives, and these interviews, plus more. Um, today, uh, I'm going to be mentioning a few things, but if you're new to the show, check out those websites, uh, those blog pages on my website because... Uh, the more detailed information will be available there. Uh, before I do that, first let me say that we have a new uh, Twitter account name. It's Rex Sykes Movie Beat. R e x s i k e s m o v i e b t. The last word is abbreviated, uh, but you can follow us there. And we really appreciate it when you retweet and Facebook and MySpace and email your friends, your colleagues. Uh, your industry connections about these interviews and about the information that you learn or that you acquire from uh, the Movie Beat website. At the Hot and Fun blog, there's information now about the new studio opening up in uh, Michigan. They've uh, uh, they've got a, a project coming up. You're going to want to look into that. The Northern Screenwriters, I'm sorry, North Cal- Northern California Screenwriters and Filmmakers Expo comes up in March. You're going to want to check into that. And of course, Kevin Sorbo's charity, uh, World Fit for Kids, in June in Las Vegas. Go look at that. And if you're into kids and you're into golf and you're into uh, Vegas and you're into celebrities, uh, you got plenty of reasons to uh, make that uh, a part of your plans for the summer. Uh, my play, Baggage, opens tomorrow night, uh, February 5th, at Memories Ballroom, the dinner theater in Port Washington, Wisconsin. If you're in the area, check it out. Uh, information is at the Hot News blog. The Field Film Fest starts Saturday, February 6th at UW-Waukesha. This is the film festival that I put together with Firestarter Films and the UW of Waukesha, so be sure to attend that. Beloit International Film Fest comes up uh, later in February. Firestarter Films is going to have their uh, number eight in March, so go to the hot news blogs and look at that. My next guests coming up are Reed Martin, the author of The Real Truth. He'll be here right after Nick Mancuso, actor, writer, director. Nick has been with us many times, as has Reed. Ted Hope, the independent producer with uh, over 60 movie credits to his name, is coming back. Daniel No, he has partnered with uh, Kevin Sorbo on a new project. He's a screenwriter and producer. He'll be coming up. Peter Tolan will be returning. He's series creator for Rescue Me and, and uh, many movies and many other TV series. Bob Hercules, a documentary film producer, will be here. Sam Oster will return. He's a writer, director, cameraman. Gregor Collins, an actor, producer. Daniel Eskenazi, commercial casting director, and so many more. But that's some of the people coming up in the month of February. So go to the interviews page, look into the archives. You'll see up-and-coming 
interviewees as well as those that are archived. You can listen to the archived interviews 24-7, and uh, we always hope you'll join us live because the chat room is open, and I've opened it today. Um, I am very pleased to uh, have my guest returning today. It's Peter Marshall, who's been in this business for over 35 years as a director, as a first assistant director, and and wearing many other hats as a producer and consultant. And and uh, Peter knows this business inside and out. We did a first assistant director series here on Movie Beat. I would surely want you to go uh, listen to that and learn all about um, movie making from that aspect. And he returns now uh, for our director series. And I'm going to be bringing Peter on and say, hello, Peter. I'm trying. There you are. How are you doing? I'm good, Rex. Thank you. Uh, it's good to have you here, Peter. Uh, I'm looking forward to our conversation today. Um, anything you want to tell us? Anything you're doing right now uh, coming up? Uh, any? Uh, well, it's basically, I'm in Vancouver, Canada. Huh? And uh, right now, in about uh, less than two weeks, we have the Winter Olympics happening. So this city is pretty wow. crazy right now. And uh-huh. uh, we've had the mildest winter on record for Vancouver. And uh, one of the, the hills here, Cyprus, uh, doesn't, there's, we're trucking in snow for the, the snowboarding uh, competition. So it's uh, a little tense. Some people, and, uh, so and some people it, would say there is no Zeus. Yeah, there you go. But uh, I'm sure it'll all, it'll all work out. They've got the snow. They're just moving it around. And, uh, you know, the security issue, they're closing a lot of the streets downtown Vancouver, um, military ships in the harbor, and uh, helicopters above us. Uh, it's all about Olympics. But uh, anyways, I'll leave it there. It, it, it's going to be tough for the citizens uh, in the city here. You know what? I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you some Olympic advice. Okay, go ahead. The Olympics occurred. I think it was 1984 in Los Angeles, and I said, you know what? I am getting out of this town. <laughs> I am not going to be here for this madness. I leave, and I went out of town. Yep. And when I came back, people said you should have stayed. The streets you could get anywhere. I mean, it was like everybody left. That's right. Because so, everybody had the same idea. All of a sudden, it was empty. Yeah. So well, you, you know, it may be it may be much calmer than you think it is once once it actually occurs. Well, we hope so. I, I'm uh, in the film industry is kind of uh, not stopped here, of course, but you can't shoot in downtown Vancouver. There's no police. There's no oh. parking. So other shows that have had to work this out are either taking a two or three week hiatus or or shooting out of the the downtown Vancouver area. Um, so it's pretty tough that way. But I've managed to uh, January February. I, I sort of uh, book myself at the Vancouver Film School. I'm one of the director uh, teachers there, so so I'm uh, working at the Vancouver Film School. So uh, that's good, and it's good for me. And I have a bus stop uh, one block from my house, and I take it all the way across the Lionsgate Bridge downtown Vancouver, so I don't have to worry about all the parking and stuff. So I'm actually pretty happy. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's cool. That's very yeah. cool. Well, well, we've been discussing, you know, uh, directing, and and we covered uh, uh, quite a bit in part one about the different kinds of directors and you know what it takes to be a successful director in this business but you've got some tips um that are going to help people understand how to work and survive in the in the film business and we're going to we're going to start uh right off by getting into those now we may not get through all of them today or or we may it, you know it all depends but but uh, for the listeners know that this is a continuing series so if we don't get through everything that you know we plan to uh we come back in part 3 and and we'll pick up where we left off but um, so, Peter, what are what are some of these tips? What are some of the suggestions that you have that people really do need to know and embrace in order to uh, make a career and, and survive what can be uh, 
difficult times in 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 our business. Mm-hmm. Well, I I tend to categorize things and and break everything down into uh, small numbers: three of this, seven of this, and and obviously there's a lot more than twenty tips. There's probably books and books of them, and and like I've always said, my my favorite film quote is from Frank Capra: "There's no rules in filmmaking, only sins." So I tend to always start off with that, and um, but. Some of these tips that I'm going to talk about now are are just something that there's there's a lot more, like I said, but some of these are you don't really hear much about. They're sort of uh, something that you don't really read in books. It's more from my 35 years in the trenches and and uh, and just ideas that I have as well. It's a it's a little bit of my philosophy as well. So I have to sort of say that. So. Um, and I guess, and they're not nearly, they're not in any order, of course. But I just think that you know, one of the first things you need to do is you need to have this confidence in your in yourself, um, and this sort of unshakable faith in your talent and ability. Um, we all start off in the you know new as new kids on the block, and we're all nervous. Um, but you have to somewhere deep inside of you have this belief that uh, I'm going to do this, I'm, I'm going to learn, uh, I'm going to learn the art and craft of the business I'm doing, whether it's acting, directing, editing, whatever it is. And uh, so that's the first thing I always like to say. It's You need the confidence in yourself. And, and that stems you know, with also being confidence in you as a person, uh, your relationships, uh, how you do with people, uh, your family, all of that. That's just really where it stems from, too, so... It's confidence, confidence in yourself. I think that's a really good way to start. Excellent, yes. Um, you also need, um, I mean, I talk about passion a lot, and that sort of comes up, but um, I guess I call it the, the courage and tenacity to stick it out no matter what. I think you've been through that. Um, I've been through that. I mean, just on our pre-phone call here, just maybe just let everybody know what happened if you could, with the pilot you're doing with. That's courage and tenacity. Oh right, right. You know? Well, we've had delays. we've had delays on this project, and and but fortunately, we've been able to stick it through. And and now the papers are signed, and uh, and the the pilot is Ron Coleman's uh, project. It's 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 new TV actually. It's the first uh, live uh, plus animated series um, that we're aware of that we could find anywhere. So uh, we're excited about. It. But yeah, I mean, he's been working on the project for at least three for four years since 2006. We've there you go. Going. I mean, and, that, and I think that's what we need. This is not an overnight um, uh, business. Uh, you know, if you're a poet, you can sit down on a park bench and write a poem, and uh, and it's not going to take three years, or it shouldn't take three years to finish. Uh, so it is. It's a long-term business. Uh, there's a lot of roadblocks. Um, and when I say courage and tenacity, um, you need drive, you need everything. But you're going to get up in the morning when people are saying no. How do you pick up the phone? It's like a, a salesman making cold calls. You know, you got to pick up the phone, and you got I got to phone three other people today. And that's all part again of your personality and your makeup, and and keep going no matter what. Um, because no is the easy answer, and no is the answer that you're going to get all the time. And and you know it's always easy for people to say no. Um, people with money, uh, producers, people that hire you, uh, corporate executives, because no is a safe answer. If they say no, then nothing changes. The status quo remains the same. Their jobs are safe. Everything is safe. But as soon as someone says yes, then everybody's jobs are on the line, and uh, it's just a funny thing that we have to go through in life. And this is not just a film business. This is any business anywhere. So, right, and it's also that principle of the last man standing or the last person standing. There you go. Absolutely. <laughs> For sure, I like that. Um, uh, I was curious, 
simple aside, it, it's not it, in in terms of tenacity or in terms of stick with itness. It's not a great example, but but even in this in this recent play that I've been doing, I offered a suggestion for something, and the director just went, "No, absolutely not," you know, and I knew that this would make a big difference for what was going on. I happened to mention it again to one of the other cast members who said, yeah, I think that would work. And so they said, well, what about this? You know, And ultimately that suggestion went through. Whether I get the credit or not or got the credit or not isn't important. Now it does work and it is it is in place and, uh, and, it, and it made a difference. But, you know, it was, well, it was, like I said, this isn't a strong example, but it's the point that, you know, um, Sometimes that first no is just because their head is somewhere else, or they're not thinking, or they got you know a, a different agenda. So uh, stick with it; it's good advice. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. And no is the first thing that we we tend to say because it's just it's just easy. Nothing changes. And then if you go back an hour a day or whatever is later, and and so it all depends on what your question is, of course. But uh, so just you know, you have to keep it going. It, it's the it's it leaves a lot of uh, people to the side of the roads in this business. Um, people that come out of uh, um, you know film schools and people that want to start. You know, I'm I'm always dealing uh, when I teach because uh, I do a lot of workshops around the world as well. And I'm always people always ask me the same question. Well, how do I get started? How can I? You know, everybody's saying no. How can I get in the doors? And I said, well, I started there in 1973 when I started film school. You know, there, you've got to just stand up and you've got to find a way to separate yourself, to make yourself a little different than all those other tens of thousands of people that are that are coming out of the film schools. Or if you're out of film school, how do you how do you get this? You know, if, you know, um, a financial person has, you know, 20 people a month asking them for money. How do you stand out? You have to find those ways. And uh, it's just it's just you have to keep going that way. So excellent. Um, which actually leads to the next one, which I call, which is a relentless focus on what is possible rather than what's not possible. So that's my third, you know, relentless focus on what is possible rather than what's not possible, and that kind of leads right from what we just talked about. Mm-hmm. It's a focus. You know, taking action is good, but you have to have relentless focus focus on your action. And uh, every day you have to get up and say, I'm going to. Uh, I need to do this today. Um, I'm going to write uh, five pages today. Uh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to read um, this amount of material, or uh, or go for a walk and clear my head every day. Whatever it is, you know. But there's this focus, and we tend to get caught up um, in, uh, you know, the internet is a fabulous and a dangerous place to be. That all of a sudden, three hours later, we're just we're, you know, we're playing games or checking it out, and yet we should be looking for research. Um, right. relentless focus um, also is uh, you know get to friends you know talk about the movies talk about what you want to do um, find out do your research uh, you know get on and create a database of people you want to talk to uh, whatever it is uh, do something every day um, do something every day even if it's like 15 minutes uh, about what your passion is uh, or what you want to do even if you have a full time job you know, and this is something that you want to get into, or, or whatever it is. You, if you, if it's an energy thing, if it's in your mind, if it's in your body, if it's in your soul, it's going to be there, and you're going to attract certain things. And of course, a lot of it is 50% luck. You know, being at the right place at the right time. You just happen to walk in the door, and the phone rings, and you know, whatever it is. So you have to always keep that in mind. Okay, it's what's possible, not what is not possible. That's what we think about. 
Um, Again, excellent. Having a can-do attitude is mm -hmm. really important. Can-do attitude, exactly. Um, Number four, I have, I guess it's protect your own artistic vision um, from anyone else that doesn't support this vision. Now, of course, you have to remember the politics. Last last time on this interview and in the AD interview, I talk a lot about politics, and you will hear me always through all these interviews always come back to the politics of the business because it's so important to understand where you um, are in the hierarchy. Is this a television episodic series? Um, is this an independent movie? Is this a major? You know, is this a major movie? Like, where do you stand in that? Because the difference between television and film are very different in the p- political uh, hierarchy. And as a director, since this is a director series, uh, you fit into each of those in two different ways. And I'll talk about that in more detail later. But it's you have to protect your vision, and that doesn't always mean that I, yeah, everybody has to do what you say because you're going to learn different things. And you go, you know what, that's a better idea. But it's still, you have to know where you're going. Um, again, there's the, to me, it's the three priorities when you're making a film as a director. And that's understand the script, then it's working with actors and performance, and number three is everything else, all the technical, everything. And I always get into a lot of debates with camera department and everybody else about that, but it's like, to me, that's the simple way of approaching uh, making uh, any film, any product like that. It's, you've got to start with a story. You have to, it's scene analysis, script analysis, uh, because without that, you can't talk to your performers as well. Um, maybe the, you, know, you don't really know where you're going. And then performance is the second thing. That's really the number one job of a director on the set is working with the actors to get the performance. And you have all these other people on the crew that can really help you out with number three. So... It's this this vision you have. You don't have to know every single thing about making a movie. As you go through uh, your career and time, you will eventually pick up uh, all understanding of visual effects and and music and and uh, editing and all of that. You will gradually uh, find out all about that, and that's part of your process as a director is to work in those areas and find out. But when you're starting out. As long as you know your story, and you and you and you know your objectives and character objectives, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, with your actors, the DP and the operator and the AD and the script supervisor, they can help you put the movie together. You don't have to be afraid of that. And I've, I say this to the students I work with all the time, and it, it just frees you up a bit because you're going to walk in. And go, I have to know all this stuff, and I don't even know. I don't. I don't. I can't. And they get confused, and you don't know what your priorities are. So. That's and that keeps your vision going as well, stylistically. You know, so it's important to do that. I like, I really like what, that you shared that and that you said that, and I also think that you know, put a little bit of some of it in my own vernacular, which is, don't be in a rush to shoot something crappy. <laughs> in other words, you know, with story and character development, you can, you can, as you say, you can get all the experts that are there that can help you put a great story and good characterizations up on the screen but but why shoot something that wouldn't be mm-hmm. worth it and um and 
I, I hope that supports your idea. Well, it does. I mean, we've had a lot of debates about this, and uh, and it's even. I think there's. I always use this example, and it may not be the best example, but it's a good example for what I'm I'm about to say. Is I think it's in the movie A Few Good Men, and it's the courtroom drama with Tom Cruise and uh, Jack Nicholson, I believe. And this is when Jack he's on the stand, and then he yells out, "You don't know what truth is," or whatever, all that. You can't thing. handle the truth. Or you can't handle the truth, right? I I would bet anybody that if you took Jack Nicholson, Tom Cruise, put them in two chairs just beside each other in a studio with a video camera and one shot and just filmed them even right reading the lines, you'd be mesmerized. Excellent. Totally mesmerized. You have an, uh, like the script is awesome, the performers are awesome. Awesome. And you just have a small video camera with no lights and under fluorescent, and you'd be mesmerized at the scene. That's not really a movie, but if you think of that for a moment, you go, yeah, because I'm drawn into the story. Mm-hmm. And that's a very good example about story, performance, and everything else. Right? Excellent. Excellent example. Um, number five, I call it listening for the truth. Um, the truth is a very um, elusive, <laughs> uh, but when, as a from an actor's and director's perspective, and a writer from the creative element, um, the truth comes in various sizes and, and shapes. It's when you listen to someone, um, do you get a tingle up your back? Um, do you get a knot in your stomach? Um, does your face? Uh, uh, go into this grin uh, that can't be stopped? Um, are you trying to suppress tears? These emotional aspects that come to you when you listen to something intently, your body is telling you that this is the truth uh, from whatever is happening. And that's what actors, and as you know as an actor, that when you are in the moment and you are listening to the other actor, you, your lines then just become natural, and you get out of your head and into your body, and, 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 and it just flows, and it becomes natural. And as a director, when you sit back, and, and either as a play, uh, watching a play or watching a, you know, um, a, a scene unfolding in front of you as the camera's rolling, you have to be intently focused on the performances, but listening, and listening not just with your ears, but deeper. And when you, what, did something move you? Did, not, did something not feel right? It's like people don't really talk like that. There's something wrong here. What is it? You may not know what it is, but there's something, you know, and, and experience will eventually t- will help you out. So listening is one of the biggest things we have to do as a director. Um, other than the workshops and the interviews like this, I try not to talk very much uh, as a director. I think it's the uh, one of the, the, the signs of, uh, um, you know, we, we talk too much, we confuse people, um, keep it simple. Anything you uh, tell an actor, anything, it should be, write your paragraph down, write, write the two or three paragraphs you want to sort of you want to talk about and distill it into five or six words. And I find that because it's like after you start telling people something, they go, excuse me, what was the first thing you wanted again? <laughs> right, right. So listening, I think, is the main job of the director. It's just very oh, important. Yeah, it's, it's an excellent point for directors. Uh, you know, Peter, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take the break now a little bit early. 
um, because I, I want to point out to the, all of the people calling in, calling in that we don't take uh, live phone calls, but we do take questions in the chat room. So if you've called in and you're hoping to get online or on the air, um, that's not going to happen, but uh, you certainly can have your questions answered in the chat room. So. I want to point that out. Again, you're listening to RexSykes.com, R-E-X-S-I-K-E-S.com is the official website, and you can subscribe to that website by clicking on the RSS feed at the uh, welcome page. And that way you'll always be updated to changes uh, on the website, upcoming interviews, cast crew listings, uh, the hot news, uh, hot and fun blogs, that kind of stuff. And most importantly, um, all of these interviews, and there are over 85 of them, and uh, but all of these fabulous interviews, go back, be sure to listen to each and every one because everybody has contributed from their expertise. There are cameramen, there are script supervisors, there are actors, writers, directors, producers, uh, production man, uh, production uh, uh, designers, art directors, locations. Uh, you know, just go back and listen because it will it'll 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 increase your knowledge and 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 make you a, a more well-rounded filmmaker in terms of the education that you have. Uh, but they're all available as podcasts from the iTunes store. You go, you can search Rex Sykes, you can search Movie Beat, you can search Rex Sykes Movie Beat, the name of the show, and you will get all 80-some plus, whatever's coming down the pike, um, if you subscribe right there. So do it today, and uh, and while you're there, review and rate uh, the shows, because that always helps us spread the word. So now, back to Peter. Thanks, Peter, for being patient, and, uh, and let's continue with these fabulous points that you were making about what people can do to uh, survive and, and make it in this business. Sure. Um, and again, there's a lot of overlaps, of course, because it's not, not just, you know, it's not linear as like life is not linear. Uh, number six, I have be honest with yourself. Um, you know, you're the one that, uh, in, a, in the quiet of your own home, you can go into a room and look at yourself in a mirror, and you can then speak the truth at that point. Uh, uh, but it's really be honest with yourself. You know, did you make a mistake? You know, maybe you gave some direction uh, to an actor, and, and it's not working. Well, is it the actors uh, are not good actors, or maybe you gave the wrong direction? Maybe you gave something that they can't play, and this happens all the time. Um, I think it's very important to be honest with yourself. If, you know, it's like uh, you know, maybe admit mistakes, uh, whatever. It, it's it's human. I mean, we we tend to have these hierarchies. As I am the director, I carry a big stick. Everybody listens to me. Um, and uh, the ego gets involved in all of this. But it's really deep down, um, people appreciate honesty, and uh, you know that the first person you have to be honest with is yourself. So it's a little psychology. I, I, I want to offer a, a little bit of an example, but, but from the other side, not so much as a director, although uh, I do appreciate directors when, when they let you run something first, when they're open to seeing what you've brought in, and then they can help craft and shape as opposed to being, you know, no, I've got my idea of how it's going to go, and, and they do it, and they, they're never willing to relent or go back or, or consider. Um, and but but I, I want to talk about it a little bit from an actor's point of view, just about being honest. As a young actor, you know, I anything that anybody said was available, I thought I could do. I mean, I was like, <laughs> I could do that, and I'd go to movies and I'd see a role that I had been up for, but but didn't get, and I'm like, well, I could have done that better, or I could have done that as well, you know. But they cast somebody else, and it wasn't until I was doing a play, I got, I, I actually. I did a play, and uh, I was the lead in the play, and they asked me if I would consider doing a, a, a follow-up play, um, which, and I was out of Los Angeles, and that meant I would have had to stay, you know, X, X amount of time, and I, 
And, uh, but it wasn't a lead either. It actually, it actually was Arsenic and Old Lace, and they said, since you've been a lead in this play, would you consider a lesser part in the following play? And it was the cop at the pretty much the throughout the movie and th- throughout the play and at the end of the play. And I went, no, you know, I just don't, I don't think I'm right for that. I, physically, whatever, I'm, you know, I won't do it. Well, I stayed anyway, and I watched the play when it opened. And the actor who played the cop was mesmerizing. He was wonderful. He he was everything that I could not have been. And I just looked at that and went, I couldn't have done that. I mean, he is brilliant, and he is perfect for this part, and I wasn't. And in that moment, it changed my approach to my entire career, because in that moment, I went, you know, I'm not right for everything, and I have to know who I am, and I have to know what I'm able to do. And Brian Krause, who played Leo on Charm, mentioned this the other day about knowing your type. You know, he's a leading man type in there. You know, I would have been cast as the goofy friend, and he'd be cast as the superhero. And But when I was the goofy friend guy in my teens, I thought I should be able to, you know, grew up watching James Bond and all this. I thought, that's the roles I want. I want to be the superhero. I want to be the guy that gets the girl instead of the guy who always ends up being the friend of the guy who gets the girl. So so what I'm saying is it took, but it took that moment for me to have an honest reflection on, on who I was as a talent to be able to then come back into the in, into the industry and say, you know what, there, I can't do everything, but um, given the chance, you know, I might be able to bring something to it. But it was that moment where I just looked and went, you know, I, I need to be honest with what my type is and who I am, and and that'll help me get more work in the future. And 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 then you could relax. Then I could relax into that and then take roles that were appropriate for me. That is a great story, and and it's so true, and it's and it's also the same as you know in behind the camera, um, because there are we all have certain limitations, we all have certain strengths and weaknesses, um, as just human beings, and also as uh, craftsmen and artists. Uh, we we you know we're not all being able to come in uh, to use you know a James Cameron kind of thing who can spend the money and design cameras and wait. 10 years and the visual effects and he shoots and he directs and you know it's like he's he's built his career up and you look at that and you know and you you go wow avatar and look at all this and and you know and it's two billion dollars as of today uh it's made in you know it's like you know these are anomalies but they're also have spent their life doing this and they're into the system and they've got the mind for that and you know, I've as in the first AD, I've done a lot of big stunt movies, and as a director, I go, I don't want to do stunt movies. I want to tell a story <laughs> about some people in a room talking or whatever it is. I want to get into the story because I know how hard it is just to do the stunt work. And yes, there's action, and you need to do it, but I don't look for big action movies as a director myself. I can do them, but it's I, I'm go, I go for the story and the performance is where I'm after, and those are the things that. It's not that I can't do it. It's just that I prefer to do that. And that's the same thing. Be honest where you want to go. you know. And I've had the luxury over 30 years to be on a lot of the sets and have done sort of almost everything that uh, uh, you know you can do at least once to see something. And you have an idea that I like this, I don't like this. So you're, you're absolutely right. And your story is so valid because we just we're young. We want to come out and we want to prove that we can do everything. And why did this person do this? And why did do... You know, why didn't I get the role? You know, it's like not just actors. It's like uh, as you go through, you know, you as a director, it doesn't matter. You have to get interviewed. 
you know, as a director, big directors of photography still have to go up with studios and, and directors and get picked. Somebody doesn't get picked, you know, and yet they could have won an Academy Award. This is the career that we've chosen. And uh, it's, there's sometimes a, a very high fall from grace. And, uh, and But you have to pick yourself up. And like I said, this is sort of before. You have to have that relentless focus and passion to keep going. So. Um, I, I, I want to I say two things. And, and one thing that occurred to me uh, before, or just now, uh, and again, excellent points, Peter, um, is, is when Peter said, you know, the, the easiest words to say are no, um, that's true. That's true. But sometimes they say no by saying yes. I mean, a lot of times they'll say, okay, that's good. Thank you very much. That was wonderful. That was marvelous. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, in the know. casting, yes, and, they, yes. Yes. and you never, well, an actor or whatever, but you just never hear. You know, you're at yes. the other end, you know, waiting, and they literally they said no. And sometimes you, I, mean, I know writers who have gotten that or directors, they call up in the agent and say, well, they just went in a different direction. Mm-hmm. But you're sitting out there waiting and, and thinking that you're moving ahead when, in fact, you know, no progress is made. So you do have to stick with that. Well, the other thing, too, and, and absolutely correct, waiting is the worst part. Give me a yes or give me a no, because both are going right. to create some action. Right? Right. right. Yes, right. you got Being the job. That means, that means all of a sudden you're in terror because you have the job. <laughs> right. Right? No means darn. I was going to use another word, but darn. Um, right. Uh, I have to keep looking for work. And then you yeah. kind of, after a few days or a week goes by, you sort of forget that one and, and you move on. But each creates right. an action. It's the waiting by the phone or the emails or whatever where the inaction happens. And if that's only a day or two, that's fine. But if it drags on, this is the crazy right. part of this business because all of a sudden you get another phone call and you go, well, I'm up for this one or whatever. It's, it's a hard it's a hard process. It's the nature of the beast. Yes. Right? It, yes. It's the beast out there. And uh, there's only so many things you can change. So. And resign yourself to the fact that that's the the, the nature of the beast, and 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 live with it. Um, well, that's it, absolutely. If you know, and that's what you're doing with this series too, is you're bringing people in who've got experience, and we all learn something from. Like I learned from you. I've made a bunch. I've been making notes already. I'm going to take a lot of things that you've said and teach them because <laughs> that's oh, what good. we do. It's like I like that that's idea. Right. So, yeah. And and likewise, thank you so much. Uh, the other thing I wanted to say was I got a call from a director who I am on his picture. I'm actually producing it, but I'm, I'm an actor in the thing. And he called me up just yesterday, as a matter of fact. He said, you know, uh, or he had called me preceding and said there was a scene that he wasn't really happy with. And, and I said, well, how badly do I suck? And he said, no, no, it's not the performance. It just didn't go the way it, the way it, it should. And, and if you don't mind, you know, I'd like to maybe reshoot that. And I said, okay. And then he said, well, and then there was this other scene. And he's, you know, and and he went and he said, if if, and I don't want to give anything away, but he said, if if it were going to be this this way in this case, then the scene that as I directed it and as I set it up just didn't work, and it's not, you know, it doesn't lend itself to the movie. You know, could we reshoot that? And the performances were excellent, and everybody did a great job, but it just doesn't further the story in a way that I want to do, and I would like to come back and reshoot that. Now, this is after the movie technically is wrapped, and and what I really appreciated was the fact that one. Um, he wasn't laying blame on anybody, but he would he, he, too. But but had he had he said, you know, Rex, you were just completely off base. Well, then I would have to adjust and and deliver what he he needs. But he was saying, you know, when I look at it as I'm editing and I'm in post, if if we can go back, if there's any way we can get you back, if we can do this, then it's going to make it a better movie. And and he was able to look at his own picture and go, I just you know, I don't I don't think this is working, rather than forging ahead and trying to put it in there and going, well. 
And so I, I, in terms of honesty, I appreciate that he could look at it that way and, and, and as well, communicate it as, as well as he did to, to me. And, um, and so I certainly appreciate that. Well, I think that exactly. I think that goes back to the um, your courage and, and your you know and tenacity and your passion for the and understanding and, and be honest with yourself because you know the end result is uh, it's either going to be on television or you know on the theater and if you could and and people are reacting to the scene that you've reacted to all the way through and I guess there's there's pretty there's truth in 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 the statement that if it doesn't work in the script, it's not going to work on the screen. And, uh, you know, if, if the scene is something wrong with the scene when you read it, if you don't do something about it, those are your gut instincts. Those are your feelings and emotions when you read the script the first time and as you right. do your script and scene analysis. And then when the actors get up and they start to – people kind of – it doesn't ring true. This is what I talked about with the, that listening for the truth. And somewhere along the lines, you try to have to, you have to fix that because if you don't get it, because you represent an audience – uh, when you first read the script, uh, if the actors aren't kind of get it, the audience it's going to affect the audience too, and it kind of and there's always scenes like that that stand out, um, or performances, or the lighting's not good, it's, or the sound, or something with the sound. We have to reshoot because there's it's it's a, so many elements are involved in making a film, uh, and uh, it is those sometimes are the hard calls and. And uh, at the end of the day, when the film is done uh, or TV series, if people are reshooting scenes or parts of it or, you know what, we didn't get a close-up. Rex, we, need you to, we just need to get this close-up. Or there was a camera scratch or something because we need that punch. We need that line. And, and it's like it maybe costs money and people are going to rant and rave and you idiot and all this stuff. But in the end of the day, in my, you know, for the most case, once it's up and it's on air, people forget all that stuff. You know, now they're just stories that you and I can sit and talk about and laugh about all the horror stories that we've been through that were horrible that were happening to us. <laughs> and now we can sit back and we can laugh at them. So yeah. um, that's that's really a good key. I like that. Um, I guess to lead into that, uh, I guess number seven I have is is an overview, and this is fairly obvious, is, but you need to know what's expected of you. When you when you're in pre-production, when you're on the set, and when you're in post-production in the editing room, and and that's the word expected, and and that's part of your training. Um, that's you know what what are kind of the rules and regulations of on the set in the editing? What do I have to come in with? And of course, um, age and experience will dictate that you will eventually uh, know. Um, that's why there's a mentoring process that uh, you know if you're a a, a trainee AD, you're going to work up to a first AD. You're going to spend five or ten years or whatever it is on the set. You're going to learn the process, and you just, you know, you still have to do the job the first time. Um, you know, for example, a second assistant camera and a focus puller, focus puller to operator. You, you're in the environment, so you see this. But it's also that if you're new and you're and you're a filmmaker that's, um, you know, has access to some money but doesn't have a lot of experience and wants and has written a film or wants to write and direct a movie, you may not have all this background. And the key to that is is to bring the people in that you know that know what they're doing and listen to them. It all goes back to this listening. All right? But you need to know what's expected. You need to know that you need to put some scenes together. You need to do this in prep because in editing you're going to have to have this. You know, and so it's just three areas to, to look at. So it's very important to know that. Um, and number eight I have, you have to know as much about 
everyone else's job as possible. Now, you don't have to do those jobs, of course not, but you have to understand the jobs. You have to understand what they're doing. When when I was uh, working my way up through the ranks as a first AD and, and getting my, well, I was a first AD, but getting, you know, working on the sets and series, I would go to the grip truck, you know, on a break or something and have the best, show me, well, what's, how, well, here's a grip truck. Okay, what's, what are all this, what are all the pieces of equipment and what are, and same with wardrobe and spend some time with the hair and makeup people. Learn, learn, learn. And as a director, because, the, you know, it's important that you have access to others because you want to know what people can do. You know that, is this possible? If I ask for this, is it possible, number one, with the time and the money allowed? Of course, it's always possible, but usually that's more time, more money. Um, so within the budget you have and the time frame you have, is it possible? And there's no point in asking for things that will be totally out of whack either on a time issue or a budget issue because that's going to confuse you um, more and more. I just read something the other day in a blog, and I can't remember exactly the, all the details, but it, this guy called it the, three, the three-legged dog. Um, and what it is, he said, if you take a script and you write in, we need a three-legged dog to walk by in the scene, everyone's going to try to find you know, this three-legged, three-legged dog, and it's going to take time and energy as a story point, whatever. So you just have a dog in the scene. When you're shooting a scene and that three-legged dog happens to walk by, you put it in the script, and now you've got some magic happening. And I thought, isn't that a great idea? Because then it's the creative element that happens instantly on a set oh look at this let's use this or this is where you've been there i've been there where all of a sudden somebody makes a suggestion or something walks by or that so i really love that the three i've made it a blog post on my blog uh and i just i love the way he explained it he can explain it a lot better than i did <laughs> but i think it really works it makes sense if you're writing a script you write for the time and the budget you have Okay. If, if I can, if go ahead, finish it. No, no, you, no, that's it. Well, I was just going to say, you know, one of my favorite directors is David Lynch, who is known to incorporate whatever kind of odd anomalies might occur, and he's not known for his linear storytelling necessarily. Um, you know, and 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 some films are, are are difficult to follow, but he is still one of my favorite storytellers. And and in Twin Peaks, for example. There's, oh, I love Twin Peaks. Yeah. Oh, it's, I, I think television matured as a result of. Of, of that show, but um, early in, they they they're they're introducing Agent Dale Cooper, uh, Kyle MacLachlan's character, to uh, Harry uh, Michael Anktin, uh, who played Harry Truman, the sheriff, and they're walking through, uh, and they have this big head of uh, an elk or a moose that's now on the table, and uh, as they walk by it, uh, somebody says, well, "It fell off," and they don't do any more than that, and they go through. Well. Supposedly, I mean, you know, if you listen to the director, if you read director's notes and you listen to stories about it, and, and you know, Twin Peaks was a cult phenomenon that had people, you know, in chat rooms, you know, all over the world discussing what each and every element meant in the show and how it had to do with, you know, whether or not there was good or bad or evil happening in Twin Peaks. And um, they said, no, what happened is it actually fell off the wall. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so we just put it in the table and, and we addressed it that way. And built it into the story, but that one moment, um, you know, got everybody talking. Because what could it possibly mean? And it, and and to me, I just thought that was absolutely brilliant. 
Well, it's like sort of, yeah, the little accidents that happen in that, because we're dealing in a creative medium. And that's where I go back to Frank Capra. There's no rules in filmmaking, only sins. And, and that it's, uh, you know, the creative element is something happens and, and you can move. As long as you know where your story is going, you can add these little layers to it. And that's the exciting part of that's the exciting part of directing and acting, where you can then, you know, the director and the actor look at each other and go, "Got it," you know, and you go for it. And that's mm-hmm. another expression I have sometimes. It's, it's sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. And uh, these little <laughs> things happen like that all the time, every day on a set. These are the things that happen. And uh, so it's important to to go with those, you know, to go with those. So I like that. And as a matter of fact, off of Twin Peaks is something that I've that I've taken um, for myself to heart, and during our long days, is uh, you know working whether I'm prepping or shooting or just at home. It's it's going for a coffee in the afternoon. It's taking an hour break or a half hour or 15 minutes, whatever it is, and going for a latte or something. And uh-huh. uh, I learned that off of Twin Peaks when it was Kyle MacLachlan's character. He would always show up at the uh, the restaurant, and he would have his apple pie and his coffee. And I remember one scene where someone said that everything's falling apart and everybody's running around out there. Why are you sitting here? And he said, doesn't matter what's happening in the world, doesn't matter what's going on in Twin Peaks, I have to sit down for 15 minutes and have my coffee and my <laughs> apple pie. And I just went, you know, I love that because it's like take a moment of sanity within the insanity. It's like uh, taking a break for 15 minutes at lunch and just walking around a bit, uh, cooling out, don't have anybody talk to you. Um, taking some fresh air, whatever it is, changing your shoes and socks, whatever it is, take that 15 minutes because the whole world will look brighter when you come back in. So those are important things that we need to know from the the human part of it, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Good advice. Where are we? We're sort of halfway through this here, number nine. Um, Yeah. And again, an overlap, but it's a knowledge of your craft. Um, you know, I, I talked just previously about everyone else's job, but it's it's a knowledge of your craft. There, there's an art and a craft to this business, and we spend a great deal of our time learning the craft because we're also we're not just also artists; we're also craftsmen. And you're with your actor training, uh, directing. It doesn't matter what it is. There's a craft. You're learning it, and the art part, the creative part. A lot of that sits with inside of you, untapped, and you can't teach this. You either sort of have something or you don't. It can be embellished. It can be brought out. It can be bubbled to the surface. Um, it can be expanded upon. It can be you can you you can you have to have something there to begin with. And this is where I go back and say, listen to yourself. Uh, what you said, I'm not right for that role. And once you said that it made your career choices easier. And I think that's, that's a really key, key element. And so the knowledge, you are not, very few people, because there's no such thing as not either, so I shouldn't say that, very few people can do a balancing act of, no, of a real auteur. You know, they do everything. They write, they shoot, they, they edit, they do the music, um, very few people can do that. Uh, you have to find your strengths. Maybe your strength is, maybe you're a music composer and you love music, and that's what Eastwood, he composes music for his films as well. Um, but does he shoot? No. You know, does he pick up a camera? I doubt it. 
well, he's 70. I don't think he would do that with a big Panavision anyway. <laughs> but uh, these are, so you, you, you find out what your strengths are and bring everybody else in that, that can support you on that. So that's, that's very important. And you're going to go through always your whole career of learning your craft. I mean, visual effects have changed the way movies uh, are made, even before Avatar. And I think, we, you know, everybody, Avatar is the big buzz because of this new technology. And you think, well, are smaller productions going to be able to use that technology? Not right now, not with the costs. They can't. It's impossible. But eventually, um, you know, we'll, and, and visual effects and CGI are so much part of every film, every TV series that as a director, as an AD, as a production designer, costume designer, we need to understand about visual effects. Costume designers need to understand that if there's a green screen or a blue screen, they can't choose colors for costumes per those scenes. They have to understand why or a certain green. I mean, I've been in meetings where we talk about the shade of green is going to be good because the visual effects guy approves the costume. So you need to know about all of this. All right, and it's just it's so important, and you're always learning stuff. And with the technology happening, you have to be on top of your game, or you're going to get left behind too. So that's important. Um, Absolutely. Um, let me let me just stop you and and kind of make a a plug for for your stuff and my stuff, oh, because in terms of learning about everybody else's job and 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 knowledge of your craft, there's no replacement for actual experience. So you just yeah. You know, and, and you've said it. You got to be on the set. You got to be active. You got to be involved. You got to be doing the job to know the job. But part of what these interviews are about is exposing you to the experts who can help you learn more about these uh, different positions, about the different jobs, so that you can have a more rounded uh, experience in um, in as a director, or producer, writer, actor, whatever it might be, so that you can know everyone a little bit at least about everyone else's job. And, and you can listen to the experts and, and, and know what they have to say. And that's the goal of Rex Sykes Movie Beat, to be a resource for you to be able to, to experience that. And that's why I have people like Peter on the show, um, so that you can gain from his expertise and his knowledge and, I, and, 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 my, and my other guests. So, so stay tuned and keep listening. But the other thing is that if you go to actioncutprint.com, that's Peter's website, and he's got fabulous programs that you're going to want to tune into on, on being a first AD and being a director on on breakdown and scripts. I'll, I'll let you say a little bit more about that before uh, you go back with the tips here, Peter. And yeah, I think it's. Uh, I've written three courses, online courses. One is called the Art and Craft of the Director, uh, which is a 200-page multimedia audio seminar video uh, course uh, for directors. You can, everyone can find this on the first page of my website. Also done another script schedule, uh, uh, script breakdown course, and also and another one which is a daily prep schedule. And they can see all that information right on my website. And uh, plus, look through my website. I have lots of articles, and they can connect to my blog for information. And it is about getting information. And I was just going to say for for any, everybody listening that you've I wrote down the number 85, and that's the number of interviews that you've said that you have done so far, and available for free. For everybody, and it's like it's it's like so much information that Rex is putting out here, and I'm talking not to you now, to everybody listening. You go to iTunes, you download this, trans whatever you want to do, and you've got like a book, a manual, a Bible of all the people that Rex 
is is accumulating here. And this is why one of the reasons I'm also on these calls with you, Rex, at these early mornings, because I'm Pacific Standard Time, <laughs> and is is offering my information up, but also I get information out of it too, and it's so valuable. So, anyways, it's just so important that everybody just it's just you you know you you're gonna I would want everybody we have to have a celebration for your hundredth uh, interview and have some celebration there. So let's keep that in mind. You know, I was, I was thinking about that, too. I was thinking, I don't know who the hundredth interview will be, and I don't know what, but but there ought to be some kind of, uh, uh, maybe for the person who sends in the best prog- best questions, you know, or, or we get listeners to, you know, now an onslaught of questions for the different guests. If we find one that's just really riveting, that, that maybe there can be some giveaway or something. I'm not sure yet. But okay, I'll, now I'll I've set to... this in motion, so everybody okay. listening... We have to figure out what we're doing for the 100th show of Rex. Okay, so right. I'm going to leave it there as it is. I'm already in trouble with Rex, so we'll just go from there and find <laughs> out. So, perfect. Okay. Um, I love. Well, we're almost out of time here. I think number ten <laughs> I've got five minutes uh, to uh, is really listen to people know who know more than you do. Um, it's a little different than I mean, it's part of listening to everyone, of course, but it's also listening. To the people that know more than you do, I have a, when I did my uh, my uh, uh, we, we talked about the first AD interviews. I did mention this, but it's a good story that when I was a second AD and I had to uh, uh, do some firsting and I got a little flustered about the blocking light. Uh, what do I do first? And the dolly grip, who's a good friend of mine now, he turned to me and goes, Peter, it's block, light, rehearse, adjust, shoot. He looked me right in the eye and he said it, and I've always remembered that. I go, thanks, Mike. And it's like, it's like, you know, listen to the people. They, these guys are on the set all the time. Listen to your, you know, your grips and your electrics. Listen to all the people that are out there. That's what they do for a living. You're not the only director they've worked with. They've worked with hundreds. They've seen it all. They know how to do this easier. So when you come into the film and you go, we're making this film together, and I need your input. I don't care whether you're a first-time director or you've done your 100th movie. When you bring the people together, you're going to get more stuff out of them. You're going to get more. Uh, they're going to contribute more. So it's listening to the people that know more than you do is a very important element. Um, because involved in that with the overlap is the ego. Well, what I'm, if, if they listen to me, then people are going to think less of me. You know, Depending on your personality, uh, that's really not true. Uh, because people like to to help, and and plus, you know, the other thing I know with grips and luck, they want to get home early. <laughs> so <laughs> if they can line your shot up ahead of time or give you a suggestion how to save some time, let's do it. And and it's still, but you know your vision, right? And that's what we keep coming back to. You know your vision. Um, number eleven is ask questions. So not only do you have to listen, but you always ask questions. How long? Why? Right? Find the mm-hmm. questions out. And the questions actually go start right back in the script. You know, and that when I'm talking from a director, because when we talk from a director's position, we're not talking just on the set. We always think we're on set. No, it starts in prep. So it's like, why is the scene here? The scene doesn't make any sense. Uh, why are they saying those lines? So why is the most important question uh, a director can, can uh, answer? And it's also the the one question that actors will ask directors. Why do you want me to do that? Why am I saying this? And you better have an answer. So you also have to understand 
the answers to this too. So why is a pretty big question. So um, go ahead. No, nope. I don't want to. Get you. I was just going to say that you know if you look at most technology in the world, if you look at anything that's been innovation, whether it's a paper plate or the most technical technically advanced piece of computer or, or rocket science or whatever, it all started with a question. It didn't start from some answer. Somebody didn't say, this is a plate that said, how can I get my food to somebody quicker or easier? Yeah. What can I put my food on? Yeah. So the post-it so, note, you know, the guy in IBM with the post-it note is the famous one, and the paper clip and all of these. Yeah, exactly. They all start as a question from someone, and you open up the script, you open up the story, you open up motivations, you open up everything that Peter's talking about. If if you're willing to ask questions, and, and while the answers can be important, I think that the exploration is even more important because that's where you get all the nuance and where all the where you'll go down different roads that you didn't think. It's too quick sometimes. Sometimes people will have a, a pat answer, and that's and and that's not nearly as important as asking the right question. And I don't mean, you know, if, if and, and I mean this somewhat differently, I guess. I don't mean go up to the director and pester them with questions and you know all that kind of stuff. I, I just simply mean that as being a director or being an actor, the, the questions are what will open you up to new information and, and keep you open to see things that you might not have seen otherwise. Absolutely. And a lot of these questions is what you're asking yourself. Right. I think, the, yeah, I mean, actors have to ask them themselves because you're not going to walk around and go, why do you want me to do that to the director? You're not going to work much if you keep doing that. Um, but <laughs> so it's true. like, well, why do they – or what is, and if you have problems with the scenes, like you work through them or the dialogue, you know, is it working? And that's the key is, you know, your prep time is so important. And we'll be talking about that next time. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> prepping, we got about prepping, yeah. um, because I call prep the process of discovery, and it is about discovering discovering the script, discovering all these elements, and you need the time to to do that, and that's so that's so important. And with Absolutely. that comes all these questions that you have to, you know, the five, you know, how, what, where, when, and all, et cetera, et cetera. So. Yeah. Peter, this has just been absolutely fabulous. We are out of time. We've got another oh nine or more of the 20 tips to cover next time, plus all sorts of other information that Peter has uh, available that we'll be discussing in, in our series, and he'll be coming up soon. So stay tuned to Movie Beat. Be sure to look at the uh, archive section at the interviews blog uh, because you go to Peter's uh, bio page there, and inside it'll say when the next interview is coming up, as it does with each and every interview. And 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 these interviews are uh, are upcoming and as well archived. Are all listed there together, so you just go and click on the names of the people and and see if they're upcoming or see if it's available at that moment. Uh, but all of the interviews that are available are available now at uh, iTunes pod at iTunes Store as podcasts. So be sure to get them. Peter, you have been uh, fabulous, wonderful as always. Thank you so much for your insights today. Be sure to go visit actioncutprint.com and subscribe to the e-zines. Look at the blogs. And check out the products. They're, they're absolutely fabulous. I own them, and, uh, and, and you should too. So, I mean, go check it out. And I always get your e-zine, and, and I look at your blogs. It's fabulous information. Thank you so much. You're welcome, Rex. And uh, we will be with you next time. Until then, Peter, have a fabulous day and, and uh, best wishes with the, the play, with the events, with the uh, school, and with the uh, congestion and confusion caused <laughs> yes. by the Olympics up there. Right. All Thank right. You. Well, have a great one. Thank Take you, care. Peter. Bye-bye, Rex. Bye-bye. Well, there you have it, another fascinating interview with
Peter Marshall, I thank him so much. And, and again, go back and check out all the other guests because you're going to be glad that you did. I, I can promise you that. Um, and we've got many more exciting guests coming up in the near future, so be sure to stay tuned. And please, please, please keep sharing this website and these interviews with all your friends and your contacts. And you can become a member of the Rex Sykes Movie Beat Facebook group and fan page by clicking on the group link uh, at my pri- profile page uh, at Facebook, or you can do a search for it. And... Um, and keep in mind, it's Rex Sykes Movie BT. Rex Sykes Movie Beat is the Twitter address and tweet and uh, and review and uh, and rave about uh, these interviews at the iTunes Store. All right, everybody, have a fabulous day. Make your movies, complete your projects, and until we meet the next time, that's a wrap.